But as the power of Hellas grew and the acquisition of wealth became more an object, the revenues of the states increasing, tyrannies were by their means established almost everywhere, the old form of government being hereditary monarchy with definite prerogatives, and Hellas began to fit out fleets and apply herself more closely to the sea. It is said that the Corinthians were the first to approach the modern style of naval architecture, and that Corinth was the first place in Hellas where galleys were built. And we have Aminocles, a Corinthian shipwright, making four ships for the Samians. Dating from the end of this war, it is nearly three hundred years ago that Aminocles went to Samos. Again, the earliest sea fight in history was between the Corinthians and Corsarians. This was about two hundred and sixty years ago, dating from the same time. Planted on an isthmus, Corinth had from time out of mind been a commercial emporium. As formerly almost all communication between the Hellenes within and without Peloponnese was carried on overland, and the Corinthian territory was the highway through which it travelled. She had consequently great money resources, as is shown by the epithet, wealthy, bestowed by the old poets on the place, and this enabled her, when traffic by sea became more common, to procure her navy and put down piracy and as she could offer a mart for both branches of the trade, she acquired for herself all the power which a large revenue affords. Subsequently the Ionians attained to great naval strength in the reign of Cyrus, the first king of the Persians, and of his son Cambyses, and while they were at war with the former commanded for a while the Ionian sea. Polycrates also, the tyrant of Samos, had a powerful navy in the reign of Cambyses, with which he reduced many of the islands, and among them Rhenea, which he consecrated to the Delian Apollo. About this time also the Phocians, while they were founding Marseille, defeated the Carthaginians in a sea fight. These were the most powerful navies. And even these, although so many generations had elapsed since the Trojan War, seem to have been principally composed of the old fifty oars and longboats, and to have counted few galleys among their ranks. Indeed it was only shortly the Persian War, and the death of Darius, the successor of Cambyses, that the Sicilian tyrants and the Corsarians acquired any large number of galleys. For after these there were no navies of any account in Hellas, till the expedition of Xerxes. Aegina, Athens, and others may have possessed a few vessels, but they were principally fifty oars. It was quite at the end of this period that the war with Aegina and the prospect of the barbarian invasion enabled Themistocles to persuade the Athenians to build the fleet with which they fought at Salamis, and even these vessels had not complete decks. The navies, then, of the Hellenes during the period we have traversed were what I have described. All their insignificance did not prevent their being an element of the greatest power to those who cultivated them, alike in revenue and in dominion. They were the means by which the islands were reached and reduced, those of the smallest area falling the easiest prey. Wars by land there were none, none at least by which power was acquired. We have the usual border contests, but of distant expeditions with conquest for object we hear nothing among the Hellenes. There was no union of subject cities round a great state, no spontaneous combination of equals for confederate expeditions. What fighting there was consisted merely of local warfare between rival neighbours. The nearest approach to a coalition took place in the old war between Chalces and Eritrea. This was a quarrel in which the rest of the Hellenic name did to some extent take sides. Various, too, were the obstacles which the national growth encountered in various localities. 
The power of the Ionians was advancing with rapid strides when it came into collision with Persia under King Cyrus, who, after having dethroned Croesus and overrun everything between Nahales and the sea, stopped not till he had reduced the cities of the coast, the islands being only left to be subdued by Darius and the Phoenician navy. Again, wherever there were tyrants, their habit of providing simply for themselves, of looking solely to their personal comfort and family aggrandizement, made safety the great aim of their policy, and prevented anything great proceeding from them, though they would each have their affairs with their immediate neighbors. All this is only true of the mother country, for in Sicily they attained to very great power. Thus for a long time everywhere in Hellas do we find causes which make the states alike incapable of combination for great and national ends, or of any vigorous action of their own. But at last a time came when the tyrants of Athens and the far older tyrannies of the rest of Hellas were, with the exception of those in Sicily, 